Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Maddie, and Michael today, and I don't know why I sound so chipper, because we all were fairly angry in the start of this podcast. Uh, last night, the Calgary Flames lose to the Ottawa Senators 6-1. to We're going to skip the pleasantries. We're going to jump right in. Michael, have at it. Okay, I'm just, I'm at the end of my rope with this team, mostly because they've become so darn predictable, like... For whatever reason, they came out and played well against Toronto. I was saying all week, they're going to win one or two against the Leafs and look really good. And then they're going to turn around and they're just going to get smoked by Ottawa. And lo and behold, that happened. But like, to the extent we saw it coming, at the same time, I don't think anyone saw them just getting absolutely steamrolled by an Ottawa team who has only won like six games this year and looked like they shouldn't have been in the NHL up until like a week ago. And it's just, it's a fundamental failure of this organization to even give the star players, like anyone good around them. The coaching staff is making questionable decisions. Like, it's it's just a joke right now from top to bottom. And I know I said last week that's like maybe it's time the Flames make a deal to like bring in someone. But at this point, I'm at the point where, you know, if you're not going to be, if, if there's a player who's not going to be valuable to the team in three years, I think you just break things up, get people moving out, because it's an absolute joke right now how this team is being run. And for me, I have no hope that they're going to really turn it around much more than 500 the rest of the way, finish like 12th, get a crappy draft pick, and it's just going to be a mess from there on out. But yeah, that's how I feel so far, Mark. Oh, all right, Michael, tell us how you really feel. Maddie, uh, you got anything you want to piggyback on there that Michael put out? That... There's a lot happening there. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm in this weird spot where I'm obviously upset about how things are going because it's bad, but... Maybe I've been just so beaten down by when the Flyers were bad a couple of years ago that this can't hurt me as much anymore. So I'm like functioning, I think, mm-hmm. which is a weird feeling to have. But yeah, I I honestly agree with everything that Michael said. And I've been thinking a lot about, and I think we're going to touch on this in a bit, uh, like, what do you do at this point? Like, how do you fix this? Do you even try to salvage the season and like, how much do you want to rock the boat going forward? Um, I don't know. I'm interested in in what you guys think. Like, yeah, no, we will definitely touch upon. Make yeah, we can. We'll hop into that next. But just to finish up, like that game last night, the Flames are very, very easy to predict. You can watch the first two or three minutes of a game and know exactly where it's going. And my son and I were sitting down on the couch watching the game last night. And like three minutes into that game, he was like, "No, nah, this isn't going to be good." And it's like, it's predictable. You knew it right from the, the get-go that it was going to be bad. Um, and Riddick last night, um, if we want to jump into him, I don't really want to recap much more of that game. But Riddick last night, I don't think for the most part was was bad. Um, yeah, the, the goal from center ice is terrible. That's like, that's an abomination. That's got to be stopped. But that happens to goalies. Connor Hellebuck is three times the goalie David Riddick is, and the Flames did that to him this year. That's how Tanev has his only goal. So 
it happens, right? The other the other three goals I don't really have a problem with. They just he was screened on them. I don't, you know. My thing with Riddick that I had the problem with him leaving last night and the post-game show and today on the radio would even kind of get blown off a little bit. I don't like the fact that he walked down the tunnel and with full force headbutted a door with his helmet on. Like, like I had visions of Gus Ferrat when he played for the Washington, formerly Washington football team, where he ran into the end zone, scored a touchdown, slammed his helmet into the goalpost and knocked himself out. Like just stupid. Like I get it. Riddick runs really hot, but I don't think Riddick had a lot to be upset about. Maybe that, that long goal was bothering him, but, um, Michael, if you want to jump in here, like I mean, Riddick last night, I didn't think it was too bad, but did they put too much on him asking him to go three nights? I mean, I don't think it was too much or anything, but it was just clearly like the mistakes the team made around him last night to give up those first three goals were just, I get why he's pissed off. Like you said, he's always run hot and to see him do that, like you're totally right. It's totally stupid how he's evolved from just doing like a stick break, which I think is, kind of bad enough to doing these kind of crazy shenanigans and you're right I don't think he's going to learn not to do something until he gets a serious injury from doing something stupid because although it wasn't a good game he was he still played fine for what we were expecting and he's coming off two other great games like Mm -hmm. I I just don't get why he has to go that little bit over the top I know everyone gets pissed off but like thank god he's not a skater who's like gonna two-hand someone in the back of the head when he's pissed off at least he's in the net most of the time when he's mad like it's I don't get it. I'm, I'm kind of at the end of my rope with it too. Uh, yeah, I agree. And that's kind of like, that's this type of thing is kind of how Riddick has been like two masterpieces where you're like, Oh, we've got this. The flames have two. I just said, we, I hate when people do that. I don't play for the team. That drives me insane. Um, Riddick has, he's had two really good performances where he looks otherworldly. And then he has a game where it's not so good. And then that's, I feel like everything has to be perfect or it gets really gets into his headspace. Now, Maddie, I don't know if this is a fair question to ask. If it's not, just say it isn't, and I'll try to answer it. But would last night, if the Flames had lost six to one and Zaggy Doolin had gotten the start instead of Riddick, and they had lost six to one, would would you be upset? Or do you think it would be that bad because it was like, all right, it's the backup. He's getting in. It's his first start. It's his first action. Should they have started him and maybe just bit the bullet and be like, all right, we lose it with the backup. We lose it with the backup. I yeah I probably would have started him just like to give Riddick a break I mean as a sort of sidebar do we know sort of specifically what's up with Markstrom I'm worried that he got hurt from them play like starting him too many games in a row so I just in general have some feelings about the goalie management so far this season um so kind of coming from that place I I think it wouldn't have been a horrible idea to give Riddick a night off, but yeah. Yeah. I th- Markstrom's thing is they've said it's an upper body injury. It's still, he's, I guess, scheduled to come off IR tomorrow. So he could play Saturday if needed, but um, the, the rumor, not the rumor, but the theory floating around is the night that he decided to throw two hellacious body checks against Vancouver. Uh, the, uh, is probably what ended up giving him his upper body injury. So hmm. well, welcome to crazy flames goalies. <laughs> Nobody's normal. I mean, goalies aren't normal anyway, but it always seems like the flames now have two absolute complete lunatics between the pipes. Um, Michael, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, would you have been okay with Zaggy Doolin starting and them losing six to one, as opposed to Riddick, you know, and having to go through a little bit of that drama? Well, my opinion going into the game yesterday was like you had to start Riddick just because you couldn't afford a loss to Ottawa by maybe trying out a rookie goalie with no NHL experience. But 
now the fact is that they played Riddick, got shelled, lost, and now they still don't know if they need to give Riddick rest or not. They're they're kind of doubly in a terrible position now because like if I think they were saying the broadcast, if you start Riddick on Saturday, that's like four games in five and a half ish days that like at that point you then you're definitely overworking him. But like I thought you had to at least go with him last night on the expectation that if he was in the flames would probably win. Whereas if Zagadulin was in, you kind of had no idea. But the fact that it just fell apart the way it did now, the Flames are in even a tougher position than they were yesterday, in my opinion. Yep, no, 100%. I agree. Um, let's jump uh, real quickly. Uh, you know, I think everybody said, like, oh, if they win, you know, three out of four, that's good. But they technically have five against uh, Ottawa. They get the three in, right? Is it three? Is it four in Ottawa or is it four games? Correct me. Somebody help me here. I get the schedule. Michael, they play, so they have three in Ottawa, then they come back to Calgary for one, right? Yeah, and then I think it's like Edmonton and then another one against Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, and then Toronto. Sorry. So out of these next four games, my my preparation, my show prep is amazing. Um, These next, so Calgary's got to sweep at this point, right? They've got to take these next three games. If they split with Ottawa, uh, something has to be done, right? Uh, Maddie, what do do you think? If if they can't take three out of four from, should have taken four out of four. They can't take three out of four. Do the Flames have to do something? Yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion that they should do something anyway. Um, (laughs) Winning, like, one more game against the the Senators really isn't going to move the needle for me. Um, But I I, I do think if they get swept there, then that's the death knell, as it were. Michael, what do you think? Do they if they they go one and three or two and two against Ottawa? Is it time to really shake things up? Well, yeah, my opinion now is that I wouldn't be shocked if they only end up with like a split out of Ottawa just because the Sanders seem to have finally gotten it all together. Like I watched quite a bit of them just because I've been bored the last few months. Yeah, I watched quite a bit in the start of the year. They didn't even look like an NHL team, but over the last couple of weeks, they've kind of been getting it together. So it's kind of too bad the Flames didn't get a few freebies against them early in the year when they weren't playing well. But yeah, if they can't get at least like, I would say five out of six points over these next three games, like at that point, you're pretty much done. And anyways, your only hope really of even making the playoffs at this point is catching Montreal because the Jets, the Oilers and the Maple Leafs are too far away at this point to even be realistic to catch with what half the season left. Yeah, and actually, we can jump into the Maple Leafs real quick, and I think this is going to lead into, I think, what we can talk about after the break. I'm a big fan of, I think if the Flames don't win the next three, I, I, I Jeff Ward's got to go, and I think it starts there. Um, and you don't even have to bring in, you don't have to go sign Claude Julien, you don't have to do anything. At that point, if you fired your coach at that point, just give Ryan Huska the keys, and we'll get into that, I think, in the well, after we come back from break. But I want to quickly touch upon Toronto, and I think I was more angry I was really angry at the end of the Toronto game. Um, I thought Riddick got screwed. He played so well in that game. Again, another game where Calgary's goaltender has done all the work and kept them in a game. Manjupani gets that great goal. The Flames are up one nothing. There's a little around three minutes left. Lindholm comes down, empty net, hits the pipe. Toronto goes the other way, scores. I, I wish Ward had at least challenged for goaltender interference. I get it if he loses, it's a penalty. And... Toronto gets a power play with what was like a minute or so left in the game. And it's not a team you want to give a power play at that point in the game, but still like, like do something like challenge the play at least because I hate the play. It's safe. We'll at least get to overtime and take a point. 
Um, maybe that can be a podcast for another day. I hate the fact that if you don't win, you at least get a point. Like this isn't youth soccer or little league baseball. Win the damn game and get the points. Ties don't count for anything. I hate that. It drives me insane. And I hate that teams play that way. I was pissed at Ward for not taking a timeout there to at least challenge it. Um, then they go to freaking overtime. And the first line you put out there in overtime is what Lindholm, Kachuk, and Rasmus Anderson, which is an okay line, but I'm not starting overtime with that group. And then your second grouping that goes out is Goudreau, Monaghan, and Giordano. Uh, uh, Nylander comes down the ice and skates around Sean Monaghan like he's skating around me. Monaghan didn't even move. Gio stood there, watched him come in, goals in, Riddick screwed. Like, like I don't understand Ward's coaching decisions. I think I've, I think I'm at the point where I just had it with Jeff Ward. Like the no timeout, the, you know, you don't have your best grouping on the ice at the end of the game. You don't have your best grouping on the ice in overtime. You go into overtime, your lineup should be Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk, and uh, those three. And then your second grouping is Manjapani. Um, uh, give me somebody else. Throw some Manjapani, Rasmus Anderson, and Michael Backlund. You know, like build it stacked like that. Like this, like mix of like oh, here and here. We got to have a defense and screw defense. Just take the puck in, shoot and score. I'm done. I'm absolutely over Jeff Ward. I can't do it anymore. Um, anybody else want Jeff Ward gone besides me? Yeah. <laughs> um, to be completely honest, after like when they got that initial bump, when he was first like made interim coach, uh, that was good. And they were, you know, finding some success there. But I think once they started to come back down to earth after that, I was, I've been not super high on him since then. Uh, just like his particular style, I, I don't love. And I don't know, I, I feel a little bit bad. I'm kind of also getting the feeling that he's just a little bit out of his depth here, head coaching at the NHL level. Um, and that's not like his fault per se um so i do put some blame on management there for not like recognizing that this is a problem and we should be working towards fixing it um even if they want to offer to let him go back to assistant coaching i mean i don't know if he would (laughs) at this point but like you got to do something you know like you're running the team you got to recognize the problem and you got to do something no, I completely agree. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox. When we come back, we're going to talk probably a little bit more about coaching, some youth, and to quote my favorite band, Megadeth, where do we go from here? And should we really care? We'll be right back on the Tinderbox. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. And welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Mark, Michael, Maddie today. Uh, we just finished bashing the Flames and Jeff Ward. We're going to probably continue that on this side. Uh, Michael, um, we just, Maddie and I both said we we're kind of over Jeff Ward. If you're over Jeff Ward, do you go sign a big name coach like Claude Julian? Or do you just kind of chalk this up as the 56 game season? We're probably not going to get in. And if we do get in, we're getting bounced early. Do you give the keys to Ryan Huska and then just say, hey, Forget this, this taxi squad of 
Zach Ronaldo in his three minutes, no shots on ice for a goal, Buddy Robinson, uh, Richie, uh, who else? All these taxi squad guys. Do you just say screw it with those guys, put them aside and give guys like Glenn Godden more time on the ice. Call up Matthew Phillips, call up Rosicka. What do you think? Yeah, I think you absolutely have to. Um, I think you have to look internally, at least for the rest of the season, if they decide to move on from Ward. But um, I just wanted to touch really quick on how frustrated I've been with just like even the statements from Ward the last few games. Like, I just thought he had the complete audacity to come out and say after the Leafs games that he thought they'd been playing their best defense of the season. As a matter of fact, the only reason they even allowed those two goals in those two games was because David Riddick played like he was Dominic Hashik, for goodness sakes. Like, it wasn't it wasn't the Flames playing shutdown defense against the Leafs by anyone yet. Like, yes, they had a good penalty kill for a couple of games, but if David Riddick wasn't playing at, like, a Hall of Fame goaltender level, that they probably would have been shelled both games, or at the very least maybe had a shot in the first game, would have been shelled in the second game. Like, for him to come out and think this team is, like, ahead of where they were before defensively is an absolute joke. I think we've seen over the last few weeks they've given up like three, four, five, six goals most games while only scoring one. And I understand Ward's a defensive coach, and like when he was first hired, the team needed that. They were playing run and gun, like five, four style games and losing. But now to flip the switch completely the other way to where they're only scoring one goal a game, I think it was six of the last eight games they have one goal. And to have him just like completely have neutered this team's offense to the point where it's like, I think it was something like one in the last 27 periods they have more than one goal in a period. Like, it's just ridiculous how bad this team is. And for Ward to be coming out all snazzy after the game, like, oh, we, at least we got a point in our defense. It's like, no, it's not. You, you have no idea what you're doing. And this team is going to fall apart because you absolutely have no clue. And I think at this point, like you are saying, the team is kind of just waiting for that shoe to drop because they can tell he has no idea what he's doing either. Now, to piggyback on that, Matt, if you want to jump in once I finish, um, if that is the case, then it, shame on the Flames leaders, shame on the veterans, like shame on the captain and Backlund and Kachuk and, you know, Monahan, you got to you got a letter on your shirt, like step up. Like if your coach is in over his head, right, that's where your players, if they recognize that, have to take control of that on the ice and be better players better people work with. I understand it's pro sports, right? Not he is Matty. You are right. I think he is in way over his head and that's not his fault. If the flames called me tomorrow and said, Hey, you want to coach? I'd be like, Oh yeah, let's go. You know, nobody's turning down the chance to coach. There's only so many NHL head coaching jobs, right? However, like if you're in over your head and you're Mark Giordano and you see that happening, don't you have to like take control of that on the ice as a player, as a leader? You would think, um, I, yeah, I don't I, I don't know how much I have to, to add to it, but it's a good question to ask. I don't know if there's like a super easy answer to it, but like you would think they would try something. Yeah, and then these players only meetings don't work because the last players only meeting, they neutered Kachuk and we saw how that worked out. He was he, Sam Bennett looked better than him for crying out loud when he was out there. You know, it's just like I I don't. I just don't get the leadership on this team. If your coach is in over its head and you know it and you see it, you don't play for him to lose. Like, I feel like you, you got to help him somehow on the ice by just being better leaders, better people. Uh, Michael, does that, need, does that make sense? Am I, or am I just, or am I just kind of at that point in the season where I'm just like, eh, whatever, there's only what 40 games left or 30 games left. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, um, 
as hard as it was on Ward just now in that last rant, like it's it's top to bottom. Like players, coaches, management has no money to uh, make a big move to bring someone in. Like it's just a top to bottom failure. You'd have to hope like guys are stepping up, but outside of the few guys we've seen who seem to be really trying every night, really hate losing guys like Mandrapani, even Gaudreau. I know people are very off and on with him as we've seen with that great article you wrote last week. But like Mandrapani, Gaudreau. Kachuk, when he's playing well, seems to care like Anderson, Markstrom. Like, outside of those guys, like, we're not really seeing anybody step up. We're just seeing a bunch of guys who are showing up to collect a paycheck at this point. Okay, so now let's jump into that. Players are obviously the problem. We have some leadership issues. Um, and thank you, Michael, for mentioning the Gaudreau piece, because I still, to this day, <clears throat> as much as I have been critical of him in the past, I think he is somebody you have to be on, have on your team to build around. And yes, the playoffs have been tough for him, but guess what? The Flames have sucked in the playoffs top to bottom for a very long time. Nobody's been good. Okay, When the benchmark is, well, Sam Bennett played okay. He, uh, he was skating and you know, he held on to his stick for the game, so that was good. Like That can't be, you know, that can't be your benchmark for what's great in the playoffs. Um, so I get that. But I'm sorry, you just don't get rid of elite offensive talent like that, because guess what? But when a generational player like that is gone, he's gone. He ain't coming back. And there's nobody else that's going to take that spot. So um, <clears throat> so who do you get rid of? Like, who do you move on from? Um, I'll throw out two names out there because I think they're the, the easiest names to peddle. And I think it's Monaghan and Gio. Um, as much as I, I love Mark Giordano, I watching him, I think I said last week, he's like, watching his car drive off a cliff. Like, it's, it's sad. I, I don't like watching it, so I'd rather not have it happen in front of me. But I think he's got to go as a leader. I think he's not going to give up the C. And I know that's kind of an overrated thing, but he's still the de facto leader of the team, right? I think he's got to go. And I, Sean Monaghan, the last two, three years, has just done nothing to impress me. His numbers look good now because he padded himself early and he had like a three-game run in the last week and a half where he was decent. But Monaghan, if he's not being like literally handed the puck and then thrown into the net, he doesn't create his own offense. He doesn't play defense. What? what who would you get rid of? Maddie, do you have do you have two flames or a couple or? Um, this is something I've like really struggled with. I think Monahan is probably at the top of my list, but to do it in season, um, you know that you're you're going to be selling low on these guys. So, yeah, I I don't know how much you would gain from maybe waiting until the off season and doing some house clearing at that point. But I do think if you're, if you're, you know, the flames management group and you're looking long-term and I don't want to say rebuilding, but, you know, trying to acquire pieces to, you know, help you some more in the long term, you do have to be aware of what a player's value is at a given point. So you're not going to get the best rep- turn at this point you're just not um so that's, that's fair that's fair they're they're in a really tough spot right now yeah. and i i definitely don't envy for a living right now that's that's right michael to hop on maddie's point about return value which you always you're never going to get you know a dollar for a dollar obviously but like does sean monahan have much value anymore does mark giordano have much value anymore you know are they are they going to get a low level draft pick for either of those guys well, yeah, I think the old saying is something along the lines of when your team is thinking other teams aren't going to throw you a lifeline, they're going to throw you an anchor. And that's kind of how the Flames would be going into any kind of trade negotiation with Sean Monaghan, like to another team, unless we, 
Oh, I see him looking at a team like, I don't know, I know it's crazy, but like Jack Eichel, if he ever decides he publicly wants out of Buffalo, then maybe you have some kind of leverage. But like Maddie was saying, as much as we want to move Sean Monaghan, you're going to not get too much for him now. But I'm fully on board at this point with like even doing that regardless because I, we've known for years that he is pretty much just the product of whatever Johnny Gaudreau can create for him. Like, I remember, I think it was like his first All-Star game uh, for Gaudreau where we were checked at that thing where he brought Gaudreau to, to, to pretended he was a kid and uh, brought him in front and he swept the puck. And that's basically what Gaudreau's been doing with Monaghan for the better part of five years now. And like he, he, he gets everything done for Monaghan. He tells him where to stand. He just goes and stands there and he flicks the puck into the net. Like, at some point, I think Johnny Gaudreau deserves a lot better. And even if you have to risk trading Monaghan for pennies on the dollar just to open up that spot next to Gaudreau, like, I think it's something the Flames have to at least consider and start looking a bit more to the future because right now it's not working and any time you waste with him just kind of holding that spot is a time that you could be trying other guys out or getting other pieces in that might have a better shot at performing for this team in a couple of years down the road. Yeah, okay, okay. and um. I can think you can see that like you don't want to waste and they're completely different players. So I please, for the love of God, anybody who listens to this, I'm not comparing these two people based on their game, their physical stature. But for how long did the Flames waste Jerome McGinley? Michael, how, like how long? How many years? Pretty much the whole time. All of them. Exactly. Right. At least probably the last five or six, probably. Yeah, never really played with a real true number one center, right? And that's been a big thing in Calgary for a long time. Uh, Goudreau the same way. Goudreau's never had that dynamic guy in the middle. I mean, he and Monaghan worked fairly well, you know, so we can't say that it never worked, but it's never been consistent. And I just, and I don't know, maybe Lindholm's probably not that true number one center. So maybe you don't pair them together. Do you need a guy like that? Maybe, Maddie? I don't, I just, I just feel like the Flames are kind of like, hey, we have something. It's nice and it's shiny. Let's just, break it like they don't do anything to you know just keep that one piece they never try to grow it yeah um i don't know i i'm I'm just like letting that one sink in like oh that that's a a pretty brutal realization um i wanted to circle back for one second yeah go circle (laughs) while michael was talking i just had like a light bulb go off um (laughs) while going back to what I said about you're not going to get probably top value return Mm -hmm. for, you know, guys you're trading right now. You could probably find a desperate team to take somebody. Um, I was just, we've been talking a lot in Flyers land about them possibly picking up Matias Ekholm, who's allegedly on the trade block in Nashville. And I'm like, the Flyers could really use defense. And I bet you could get something from them for, for, uh, from them for Giordano. I'm like, hmm. No, I don't. Michael, would you rather trade Gio now, say, if, if Philly came calling, or would you rather wait and expose him and hope that Seattle takes him? I mean, I think you had to take whatever you could get for him now, in theory, just and let some of these young guys kind of roll with it. Because at first, I thought I was going to give Giordano the benefit of the doubt that he didn't have preseason games and he was just kind of slow getting off the mark. But we're we're 20 games in now, and it's. It's clearly not just a no training camp thing for him. It's clearly a, he's 38 and he's finally hit that cliff we've been waiting for. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. Um, and to, let's 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 do circle back again. Let's go back to defense. There as we're talking. You said mentioned young guys. Um, what did Oliver Shillington do 
to get yanked out of the lineup for Nesteroff back in the other night. I thought Shillington looked fantastic the other night. What what do they what is this organization what do they have on him or what does he have like what is going on? Because I don't think Shillington deserved to be out of the lineup. Does anybody? Am I? I don't think I'm wildly off on that. No, anybody? No, I definitely agree. And I don't know. I it baffles me. And I I know there have been some consistency issues, but like the thing is, to get more consistent, you have to get reps to work Whoa! out the bugs in your game. <laughs> what? So punishing a player by sitting them for not being consistent is just like it blows my mind like i i just don't understand oh maddie you just bring such just bring such what's the word i'm looking for like common sense to the issue <laughs> you know my, you, you michael, don't do that in flames land maddie right oh but, sorry but michael really like i mean it's some connor mackie i thought mackie looked fine when he was there too like what is, what is wrong with youth? Like, I think it goes back to the, the bottom six taxi squad trash bin, you know, with all those guys that are going to play four minutes and be garbage. Like, Glenn Godden has looked really good in the 12 minutes and three games that he's played. Like, it's a joke how much he's not playing, but he looks good out there when he's there. He doesn't look like a liability, you know? So, like, why can't you just say, take all the other... I don't need Ronaldo to fight on saturday at one o'clock 11 o'clock your time in the i just i don't care i don't want to see it okay i don't care maybe i'm still holding a grudge for the number 36 thing but whatever point is i don't need to see it i don't need to see richie again i don't need to see buddy robinson again i i don't need to see uh Nordstrom. i just don't need to see any of those guys give me youth let's just go throw them in there and learn on the fly Thoughts? yeah and i think this is just something that coaches get stuck on this idea of like predictability and known commodities and even if a player is going to be predictably bad at least they know how they're going to be bad and they would rather have that than you know a youngster who you don't exactly you know have a book on yet and it it feels so counterintuitive but you see it all the time yeah and i don't understand that familiarity gets you fired it gets you sub 500 records like uh, Michael, your thoughts and Maddie, you're not wrong. I totally agree yeah. with you. I just think it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. I just want, I want to just circle back on the whole Shillington thing. Like I've brought it up in the past. Like I've never been a huge Shillington guy. Like I've always kind of bought into the team. Didn't doesn't really like him that much. And uh, that's why they replaced him the last couple of deadlines. But like, at some point, they either need to piss or get off the pot with him because he's pushing 23 now. And they keep being like, okay, here's a few games at a time, but like we're not happy because, you, like Maddie said, you're not consistent, but he's not getting the reps to get a chance to be consistent. And at some point, they, they need to either just move on from him, trade him, he's still probably a decent asset, or they need to give him a chance to develop. Like you said, Mark, I thought he was fine against Toronto. The only thing I saw from him I didn't like was that not even really his fault. He fell a few times. Like I, yeah. I thought he was a fine third pairing guy. And yeah, he to didn't... me, it's like I don't know if he didn't go to like his bar, like Tree Living's barbecue as a rookie or something. Like <laughs> that's the only thing I can surmise why this team won't give him any kind of chance to succeed. And it's just it drives me mad because now they're just flipping guys in that sixth spot because I think Ward thinks change is change and all change is good. And it's just I'm losing it. Like watching them just try a new guy every night, and then wondering why it's not. They're not clicking chemistry-wise. 
Well, and you go see, so you bring up the fact that like he doesn't get the time to be consistent. So the game that they decide to throw him in, they throw him in against the te- best team in the division, best team in the NHL at that point in Toronto. Like, oh, hey, kid, you want some experience here? Go stop Austin Matthews and go stop uh, Michael Nylander. Or, or, go stop Nylander. Go stop uh, whatever, Toronto. The, the, the highest scoring team, the best highest power play, best everything in the league, right? We don't like you. Go play against them. And what does he do? He performs fine. I know the two plays you're talking about. He blew a tire in the corner one at one point, and the puck got turned over. It didn't lead to anything, which was fine. But, like, you give him the chance, and then you it's like you almost want him to fail. You set him up like, I will right, we'll put him in tonight, and everybody will see how bad he is. And then he comes out, and he plays well. Then you're like, ah, we got we to sit him. We can't. God forbid we let him get any traction. You know, and, and granted, Oliver Shillington wasn't going to make a difference in a five-goal game last night. Whatever. But, like, uh, it's maddening how they don't give him the chance to do stuff like that. Same thing with Mackie. Mackie looked good when he was in there. I think it's time to just, you know, take the, the, the like you said, they're not catching Toronto. They're not going to catch Edmonton or Winnipeg. And Montreal, if they, you know, they can settle things in with their coach, maybe they can flip it back around if Carey Price starts playing better. But, like, Ottawa's not getting in. And I think I don't think the Flames are getting in at this point. I mean, so why not just, I mean, you can't give up on it now. But if this fails in Ottawa, what, what's wrong with bringing up a big giant kid like Rajiska who can skate, who can shoot, who can hit, who's, you know, give him a chance. Give How long has Phillips been in the in the minors? What, a year and a half now playing well, and he can't even sniff the NHL? But we the Flames keep bringing up that same list of garbage off the taxi squad to throw in and fill in for a game for no reason? I mean, I don't I don't get the anti-youth movement. I really don't. Unless unless they're afraid of the Young Guns era coming back and Blasty being here and it all getting sucked into that horrible vacuum of that time. I don't know. But is it odd, though, that Blasty came back and they started playing like they did during the Blasty era? <laughs> the Blasty curse. It is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I don't I don't get it. And maybe that all goes to coaching. Maybe that's management. I don't know. And if and if it is coaching and management, then screw it. They need to be done with both of them. You know, I think Trey Living does a really good job with contracts. Um, he's done a really good job with the draft. His free agent signings, are, eh, Mensa, Mensa, you know, they're average. But if you're holding back young talent to put guys out there to play four minutes a game to bring energy, like this team of Gaudreau, Monaghan, Backlund, Kachuk, Giordano, Anderson, uh, run down the list, Lindholm, Tanev, those guys shouldn't need a grinder to come up and punch some poor kid from Ottawa in the face to get them going. They really shouldn't. No? Agreed. Totally agree. I, I have nothing to add to that. Yeah. It's 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 ridiculous. Cool. All right. Anybody, anybody else got anything they want to add before we uh, shut down this rainbow of positivity that's <laughs> just is going to soar across the internet, sunshines and butterflies and ponies? No? I'm trying to think of something because this has been... This has been a real downer, let me tell you. Well, it's going to get it down. Uh, and I think actually within the next few games, they bring back those the the old Reebok jerseys too, like the ones they uh, the former current ones. So yeah, we'll just add another. We'll pile onto the garbage. Just I think we'll just close it down at that. We want to thank you all for listening to this episode of the Tinderbox. If you liked it, or you didn't like it or you now don't know what to do with your life you can check us out on google podcast on spotify and itunes just search for it matchsticks and gasoline the tinderbox or or calgary flames in any of the podcasts and you will find us you can find us on the internet at www.matchsticksandgasoline.com and is a word no ampersand you can find us on twitter at 
Matchsticks CGY. And we're also on Facebook. Just Facebook. Just search up Matchsticks and Gasoline, and you'll find all the comments about how I'm such an idiot because I think Johnny Goudreau is a good player to build around. Michael, Maddie, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And um, this was good. This was this was actually I, we thought last week we had the uh, the Festivus poll. I think uh, there were a lot of grievances there today, and I think we all did well. So have a great weekend <laughs> tomorrow at 11 a.m. Get your eggs and whiskey ready tomorrow because the Flames are playing in Ottawa at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. For Maddie and I, that's a 1 p.m. time, so I'll still have eggs and whiskey at 1 p.m. Probably not the eggs. Definitely going to need some whiskey. Flames in Ottawa, Senators tomorrow. Hopefully something good happens. Thank you for joining us here on the Tinderbox, and we will catch you next time.